you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 129. What's going on, Neil? What up, man? Season nine, buddy. I know. We, we did made it. it. We're almost to double digits. <laughs> yeah. Episode 129. I did the math earlier, and I think I'm right. I think this is season nine, episode <laughs> one of season nine. We've got great guests with us tonight. we got Greg Trippier. How'd I do, Greg? That's right. Trippier. Ah, Trippier. Yeah. Trippier. <laughs> Welcome, Greg. I appreciate it. Thank you. We're having a, a bourbon we haven't had, Neil. I went to the liquor store, and the first thing that caught my eye was this is the old Weller bottle. You remember when yeah, Weller was in this bottle? I do. And then the second thing was I never I never uh, had this bourbon, So, it, and it's not an expensive bourbon. I think it was 18 bucks. All right, I'm so down. So we are trying Jeffers Creek. It's uh, bottled by King's Mark Company in Louisville, Kentucky, 80 proof. I have no idea where that is. Where is that? Kings Mark, Louisville, Kentucky. No, no, Kings Mark. <laughs> I Do you have no any idea? idea. Right. It's probably over there, Bullet. Uh, cheers, cheers, man. Cheers, Greg. Cheers, Greg. It's like water compared to what we've been drinking. That is like the smoothest stuff. In the world. We've been drinking that foolproof, so eighty proof is uh, <laughs> not bad though. Not for, I mean, uh, I, I I know I can already tell you, man. So, Greg, just to fill you in, he loves like the burn. So he, he doesn't love it. I like it. I bet my dad would love this one. Well, it's not the burn I like as much as, as I, I like a, I like a finish to stay with me for a little while. Okay. Yeah. I the guess. Finish. The finish. <laughs> the finish. Okay. Not the burn. The finish. <laughs> All right. Got a question. All right. Did you take a, uh, you know, like the 38th uh, first day of school picture today on your way out the door? No, I did not. <laughs> Come on, man. It doesn't feel like first day till the kids get there, man. It don't matter. It, yeah. it, it was, though. You, you're back. Yeah, I am back. All right. Well, how was it? It was good. Yeah? Yeah. You got to work tomorrow? Yeah. What? I'm working every day this week, man. What is What's going on around here? This is the worst retirement ever. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> how are we supposed to do stupid stuff on Tuesday if you got to work? We had to do it at night. God. All right. Or in the evenings. All right. All right, Greg Mansell. Start us off. Why don't you... Uh, Take us back to childhood and talk a little bit about your early memories of music. And then like, where did, uh, where'd you, maybe where did you realize music was going to be a big part of your life? Well, yeah, I kind of, I grew up in a musical family. Like my parents didn't play instruments or, or really sing and perform and stuff, but there was always music around. So my, uh, my dad was really big into like, um, 
uh, 70s singers and songwriters and uh, bands from the 60s and 70s. My mom was a huge Motown fan. Ooh. So uh, we had one of those huge like stereos that had like the uh, record player and the eight tracks oh, in them. Big, big console. Yeah. Things, console yeah. Things. So all the time, you know, I was, I was throwing on records and eight tracks and, you know, I think, uh, you know, like the... I still have one of those in my basement, by the way. Yeah. 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 And, First uh, thing you see. Yeah, I still got the records from at home. Oh, so, yeah. nice. And uh, uh, my mom was going to put it out in a yard sale one time, and I was like, no. You know, I saw, <laughs> like, all this stuff, and, you know, they had, like, you know, the Carpenters and the Eagles and, and uh, Elvis oh. and the Jackson 5. So I was like, I got to keep all Some this stuff. Some of those probably so. were, worth 40 or 50 bucks now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, they yeah, worth way more than that to keep. Yeah, <laughs> they're probably so, all original too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's awesome. So yeah, music was always around, and uh, so you know, uh, I, re- I have a picture from a Christmas when I was probably seven or eight years old with a guitar, and my uh, brother, my older brother, had a microphone, and he definitely was not a musical person. He was more sports oriented. So, <laughs> um, but uh, could he um, sing? No, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, he's a basketball player. That's, that's, that was his thing. So. There you go. But he actually influenced me a lot too because uh, he would drive me to school because he's a few years older. And and uh, so he had other musical tastes than me. Um, so uh, he listened to a lot of like really hard rock, heavy metal, and then also like country for a time. So it was one of those. And I was everything in between. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, um, you know, I grew up, my junior high, high school years were the grunge era, you know, so uh, I was really influenced by them, by all those different bands, you know. Um, I had long hair down past my shoulder blades, and uh, I was actually out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my senior year in high school, uh, my mom, uh, she told my brother and I, both in our senior years, wherever you want to go for spring break, you can go. He chose the Bahamas. I chose Seattle. Nice. So, uh, <laughs> so we went out to Seattle on this this lady like ran up to uh, me and was like, oh my God, oh my God, it's you. And I was like, what? And she said, you're Eddie Vedder. You know? <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, I'm just Greg from Indiana. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, a lot of times people would tell, tell me I looked, you know, like Eddie Vedder, even though I'm like, you know, probably six, seven inches taller than him. So, <laughs> but uh, it was cool, I guess, for a while. So. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, after high school, like I got into uh, uh, my musical taste really changed a lot, uh, really widened. Um, cause I just love everything. I mean, literally if you go out to my car right now and look at my CD case, it's got, you know, literally everything in there. Um, I like the fact that you got a CD case in your car for one thing. No, yeah, yeah dude. CD player. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. I just so, went uh, back to the CD player. Uh, yeah. Love it. And, uh, um, so yeah, I mean, I listened to everything, like a lot of world music, I get inspired by really, yeah. Um, I love. Uh, uh, I've always had the fascination with Egypt. So back in two thousand one, uh, I traveled to Egypt and went over there for like twenty days. Went to Paris and and for like nine days after that. Um, so I love a lot of you know like kind of acoustic uh, you know Parisian music. I love Egyptian gypsy music. I love West African drums. I love uh, you know my wife's from Brazil. I love samba and bossa nova. Uh, so uh, uh, anytime you can find all that different stuff in my car. And sometimes, you know, I'm, you know, pulling up to a stoplight and I'm playing like, you know, Nusrat Fatah Ali Khan, you know, blaring from my car. And people are looking at me like, you know, maybe he's a terrorist or something. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but I get those looks every so often. But, uh, 
Um, but yeah, just literally everything, you know, reggae music. And then um, I really got into, uh, you know, all my life I've been into the singer songwriter uh, type uh, mm-hmm. music. But uh, here in the past, probably 15, 20 years has really been uh, hitting hard. And especially in the last five years of really just uh, going out and exploring and finding new artists that really influenced me. Um, you know, artists like, uh, you know, Damien Rice and, and Amos Lee and mm. um, Nick Drake, who really oh, yeah. influenced me on the, on the guitar. Um, Ani DeFranco, you know, uh, on the guitar. Um, and I've, no, I've known about all those guys for a while because mm-hmm. uh, I've been playing for 33 years now. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I got into uh, playing guitar when I was like 10. That's um, what I was, yeah, all right. So you went from the... Stop becoming a listener at ten and became an active participant in music. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, um, you know, uh, in elementary school, I was in the choir. I, uh, I tried saxophone uh, for like a year, and uh, uh, my parents were very happy when I stopped that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I, I came up and I was like, "Hey, I want to play guitar." And they were, my parents were always very, you know, um, if we wanted to do something, hey, try it out, see what it was. So. Uh, they got me a little $50 classical guitar, uh, found a teacher in New Albany who actually had a, a master's degree in classical guitar from U of L. And um, so I took lessons for like five years, uh, you know, learn what learned type, about. like classically trained guitar. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So I, uh, and you stuck with it. Yeah. That's what, that's what you started learning from the yeah, start. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, so all right, uh, just to bounce yeah. off that, did you intend? When you were got a, a teacher at ten, is that what you wanted to learn, or did you just find a guy who taught? Found a guy who taught, and that uh, you know he taught me. He he said, "This is the way I teach. You're gonna you're gonna learn the notes. You know every note on the string. And then we're gonna do some chords, and then we're gonna do uh, you know scales, and then we're gonna do some theory and different stuff like that. And you know if that's what you want to do, he said, don't come in." And say, hey, I want to play this. Song. I want to play Led Zeppelin "Stairway to Heaven." Teach me how to play that. He goes, because I'm not going to do it. So you must have been a disciplined little kid, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I get. My, my parents were paying money, so they kind of disciplined and made, <laughs> made sure that I was. So, um, do you have, like scheduled practice time at night and things? Yeah. Uh, well, every Tuesday I had my half an hour class with the teacher, and uh, um, and then you know from there I would just I love a guitar so much that I would just you know play all the time. And uh, just kind of got addicted to it. And um, so it was um, after, you know, five years. Well, even before five years, I started making up my own songs and stuff. And I started learning different chords. And uh, actually, one song I was going to play today um, uh, is the very first song I ever wrote. Uh, So I still play it out, you know. uh, That's it. Yeah. You ready to do this? Now? Yeah. All right. So you got to explain the setup, Brad. Yeah, so we got we got Greg just uh just playing live here. We got a microphone sitting out here for the podcast, and uh, yeah. yeah. So you're in the process of of recording right now, right? Yeah, actually, next week I go into the studio and oh, yeah. um, uh, going to start the recording the album. Where are you and, recording? Um, it's a place over in uh, New Albany. Uh, it's called the Community Music Alliance. Okay, and uh, they actually have a free recording studio. Wow! Really? Uh, so they're they're there to uh, really help people, help musicians, uh, people starting out. You can donate your time. You can donate instruments. And um, uh, don't to get in? Uh, no, not really. Hmm. I mean, as long as you kind of schedule out and stuff. Uh, and um, so I'm going to go in. It's like three hour blocks that you can do. 
Um, so I went in there just kind of have like a Friday night jam. Uh, so I went in just to check it out and was asking about the recording studio and they showed it to me and I was like, wow, this is really good, you know, really good stuff. And the sound was really good. And, um, and then, uh, I planned to, uh, you know, throw money and donate, you know, donate money to the uh, music Alliance, but also I'm going to tell them too, that if, uh, anybody else, you know, up and coming, you know, musicians come in and need a guitar player, Hey, give me a call and I'll try to write something with them or do something for them and, uh, or do a show and donate the funds to the Community Music Alliance. So, yeah. why is nobody, I mean, why isn't that heard of? I've never heard of I've it. I've never heard of that. Why yeah. is that? I not just found that's... about, I just found out about less than a year ago. How, do you know how long it's been around? No. And now, when you go, so is there like an engineer or someone there? Or is there just yeah. equipment for you to use? So, no, two, okay. two engineers. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. And do they work? Are they there all the time? Yeah. Man, that is a cool, that's pretty cool. setup. Yeah. That's yeah. a cool deal. And especially because, you know, um, generally, if you you think that place be backed up, you, th- you think yeah. it'd be backed up. You think um, that uh, it'd be wild because how do you, you know, if you're in a position to don't to give money, you know, because I'm sure that you know, like we do our shows, there's hey, here's a suggested donation. I'm sure mm-hmm. they'll take whatever they you'll give them, but you know, a lot of musicians have extra equipment that they don't use or moved up from a different guitar or things like that. That um, you know, kind of like Mark. At the at the monarch is talking about, yeah, you know, just having the accessibility and the things like that, man. I wish there was more of a a, a platform for those type of organizations to get more well known. Yeah, yeah, because that's just a cool thing, man. Yeah. What was, what was the name of it? It's called the Community Music Alliance in New uh, Albany, in New Albany yeah. Indiana. Yeah. yeah, check that out if you're uh, if you're listening, man. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been telling. There's a few uh, you know singer songwriters I've done shows with, and I'm just like, hey, are you interested in recording? Hey, go check this out. You know, and uh, like I said, they give free lessons. They have instruments for you know kids or adults who are just starting out. Um, they have a, a choir. They have a Friday an orchestra. night jam session. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's all free. And uh, you can go in and just uh, meet people or whatever else. So um, I bet something like that exists off of like government grants and stuff um, along with everything else. But man, I just, I can't think of anything like that in on this side of the bridge yeah. or anywhere other than that. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, talking about the Monarch, I've, I've been trying to reach out to them just to, you know, get involved with that. And because uh, I'm coming up this Friday night. Yeah. Friday night. We, we, yeah, we got, we got, uh, we're doing a Top Hill Presents Small Time Napoleon. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah that's going to be cool. Yeah. And I'm sure Mark will be there so you can meet him there. Yeah. 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 He's awesome. Because I just love, I love networking and working with other musicians. You know, I've always been the, the type, um, ever since I was in high school, even just to, Never been like the comp, the competitive type. I've always been like, hey, let's all let's all work and get famous and have fun together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so uh, um, so I'm always been a, a just a you know cheerleader really for other bands too. That's you awesome. know, so always love gig swapping whenever we were touring. You know, my the band um, that I'm also in, Suburban Situation, that I've been in for 15 years now. Um, you know, uh, we always would gig swap and that's how we did all of our tours. Mm. Um, you know, and, and in our heyday, uh, when we were out touring a lot, uh, you know, we would do anywhere from 100 to 130, 140 shows a year. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we were out there on the road and, <laughs> and uh, having fun. Living and, in a van down yes. by the river. Yeah, yes, we'll definitely, yeah you'll definitely <laughs> have to tell us about that after we, after we hear your first song. Yeah. Here. Oh, yeah. That's tell right. about t- that guitar. Tell us a little reason. bit about this before you play it. 
So yeah, I learned uh, I learned four four chords, and uh, so I went home and said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna write a song <laughs> with my four chords." So, G, C, D, and E minor. Uh, no, it was uh, <laughs> F major seven, C, E, and G- A minor. A minor. Whoa. There we go. There we go. And that's it. So, <laughs> and this one's called Every Day. Tell me what you see Tell me what you think of me In all honesty And I know how to love But I'm not that good And I know what to do But I don't think I could Every day Every day Now please just be my friend And give your heart to me Cause I know how to Life can really be Every day Every day Every day Every day Oh yeah Nice Of course, that's a shortened version of it. So that's the first song you ever wrote. Yeah, very first song. How old so, were you when you started writing? I, I was probably about 14 or 15 at the time. So, oh, cool. So. It's still around, uh-huh. man. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I probably I didn't play it that well. I was, you know, you know, it was probably just, you know, so when I first started, but... Um, but yeah, just kind of, you know, that was kind of the uh, 14 or 15. That was kind of the grunge era, you know, so it was kind of like, you know... Yeah, I can love, man, but I'm not good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know how tough life is, man. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, the that's struggles the, of a 14 year old. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. so you wrote it at 14. When was the first time you you played it for anybody like outside your family or something? Family was always the last people to hear mm-hmm. uh, okay. because a lot of the stuff, you know. Um, uh, you know, too personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, you know, with my parents, like. I was sweating if I was writing, you know, playing songs for them, you know, just because, you know, if I mentioned like drugs or something, you know, it'd be like, oh, man, I just told them I did drugs, you know, like, (laughs) so, or or are they going to get those references, you know? So, um, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think I started out, I I met a guy in a a math class um, when I was, uh, you know, probably 15, 16 years old. And uh, uh, we made a connection because we were, uh, he really liked Soundgarden. And I knew who Soundgarden oh, was. Yeah. And uh, so uh, he was like, hey, man, I'm in a band, you know. And I was like, oh, I'll play guitar. I could sing. And he's like, well, come audition for the band. And so we all uh, went over to his house. And, and uh, they had already had the bass player and the drummer and the lead guitar player and, and the bass player. And, and uh, so I was going to be the rhythm guitar player and singer and auditioned. And we became a band. So... Oh, okay. um, and we played around, you know, school 
functions. They had battle of the bands and different things like that and different different parts of the, um, uh, you know, New Albany stuff who would let, you know, 16, 17, 18-year-olds get into their bar and play. <laughs> uh, we would do that. Um, and uh, uh, we went through a couple different names. Our first name was Internal Noise, and then we went to 1443. Um, What's 1443? Bus number or something? Our bass player, he was uh, real big into, like, goth music. Mm-hmm. And 1443 was uh, the time of uh, uh, of mm. the vampires. Okay. So we just called ourselves 1443. So, All right. um, no apparent reason we weren't vampires. We didn't, <laughs> didn't we weren't dress goth. up on stage yeah. as vampires or anything. We weren't goth or anything <laughs> else. So, uh, but, uh, you know, we, we did our, uh, you know, electrified version of, uh, Smashing Pumpkins disarm and then wrote a song around that, you know, so, and then said, yeah, that's our first song. There we go. So, uh, we're going to play in the battle of the bands or we're going to play at the talent show. So, uh, did that for a few years and, um, uh, you know, played around with uh, some other some other friends, bands and stuff. Uh, uh, there was a, a punk band called Left Out, uh, which made it pretty big around the area and in the kind of underground scene. Mm-hmm. Real good friends with those guys. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, just meeting other bands and started playing. That's kind of where I started to uh, uh, really learn about the importance of networking and learn about the importance of not not burning bridges and uh you know making friends and you never know uh down the road who they're going to be you know mm-hmm. and i think um even as as we got older and with suburban or or um in, uh, in other groups that i've played in just uh being able to uh meet people either on the way up or famous or on the way down or whatever else it's been really cool uh you know um just kind of i mean we could I can name drop, I guess, if I wanted to, but, um, uh, you know, some really cool people. There's, there's bands uh, from the area, like, uh, the band Houndmouth. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, we played their second and third show with them mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, Matt and Is Zach. That the original lineup yeah, with Katie yeah, and yeah. all those guys, man, that was an unbelievable yeah, band. Yeah. Matt and Zach, uh, um, uh, was friends with a guy I worked with. Wait, did you all open for them with the, the Billbillies at Headliners? No, that was Valley. Okay. We did a show with okay. Bill Billy's in Valley. Okay. Um, that's well, Stephen Warder right now is doing uh, amazing things in gospel music, you know, with uh, Jason Claiborne from St. Stephen. Uh, they got an awesome, uh, just amazing sound going on. Um, and, uh, uh, but no, uh, with Houndmouth, uh, um, their f- uh, first show, they played like Zazu's. And mm-hmm. then, uh, uh, we had a friend uh, whose house burnt down, and we were going to do like a charity show uh, at uh, fundraising, and I got it down at Stevie Ray's, and I uh, called up Matt, and I was like, hey, man, I know you and Katie are kind of doing like folk type stuff. You want to come out and do a, you know, do a set? And he's like, well, we actually got this band, and uh, he goes, we don't really have a name, but just call us Houndmouth. And, no and I was like, all right, cool. So they came in and played, and, and it was us and, and Houndmouth, and... Uh, uh, well, it used to be called the Herbie Hinkle Ensemble, Herbie the, the Hinkle. Trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, I was sitting there with John Beasley, who's the lead okay. singer. And uh, both of us, when Howlmouth came on, we were both like, oh, my God, this is just great. You know, so and right after they were done, I was just like, Matt, you know, if you ever need help with touring or booking or anything else, just let me know. And and I think they already kind of had that, you know, mm-hmm. plans and stuff. So uh, but I was always there to be like, man, I'm 
I'm proud of them. You know, oh, yeah, the dude. stuff they're doing. So such a unique. It's like a you know White Reaper now. It's yeah. There's a a rawness in the sound that they had. Yeah, and I mean even they can still capture that now. Yeah, with the you know different a uh, little bit of different lineup. But yeah. yeah, man, a lot of energy around the local scene then, and I think there is just as much now. Yeah, it seems to be anyway, and a lot of the same camaraderie you're talking about. Which is a big part of you know the monarch and what we try to do here and what Mark's trying to do there is just uh, create a little bit more of that community, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's such a it's it, it's pretty inspiring to see that that uh, the way that other musicians treat each other around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, it's always I think the the big uh, hurdle for Louisville has always been the bubble, as I call it. Mm-hmm. I'm from Southern Indiana. I'm a Hoosier. So I'm outside of the bubble. You know, I didn't go to high school in Louisville. <laughs> so yeah. uh, uh, it was, it's always been interesting that I learned very quickly, even going out for like job interviews in Louisville, that it matters where you went to high school at, mm-hmm. you know, even in your thirties and forties, it seems like. So, yeah. um, so when I was younger, uh, you know, uh, you had a lot of people that I would interview with and they were saying extra Trinity, and uh, so I think that's its own bubble, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you so, know, you do hear that a lot about Louisville. But I wonder if every big city that has fifty high schools in it, if that's the case. I'm not yeah. for sure. You know, like if you're in a big city with fifty high schools, is it I've just is it just interesting to know where I don't know, man. The high school. I, I've never, I, I've never had that but I'm I'm from Louisville but I am from Fairdale so it is kind of <laughs> you know everybody's like Fairdale you know how it is man, being a, yeah. we're as outside as anybody we're, we're uh, worse than Hoosiers man yeah. so I was so yeah I was I'm from Floyd Central and uh, so I, I learned really quickly uh, which uh, over there it's Floyd Central New Albany against New Albany uh, where we were yeah. the big the big rivals and we were the the snobs from the knobs as they called them so um <laughs> And, uh, but I, I was from Georgetown, so I was kind of like the poor snobs from the knobs. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, of, of everybody from, uh, Floyd Central. So, uh, so I, I kind of got a, you know, wind of all this St. X and Trinity stuff. So when I interviewed with people, I did an internship in college for an advertising company and, uh, all three of the owners were from St. X and they were like, oh, so where'd you go to high school? And I was like, Floyd Central. I was like, it's kind of like the same X of like Indiana. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay. I was like, well, it's not, it's a, it's a public school. It wasn't private, but you know, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the same X. It was so, free to go to. So if you grew yeah. up in Southern Indiana and spent a lot of time in Louisville, yeah. where did you, uh, where'd you meet a Brazilian? Uh, online. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, okay. Online. We were uh, back in the, uh, and, and people always tell my wife and I that we need to make a movie about our lives. So, uh, um, uh, we were back in the chat area, the chat room era uh, AOL, of, of ya- Yahoo. <laughs> Yahoo chat. So we were in Yahoo chats and um, uh, I was actually in an Irish chat room. And uh, I was there um, uh, because of artists like Damien Rice and stuff that I was fans of. I was trying to learn more about them at the time. So I was over there trying to talk to Irish people. Hey, you know, Damien Rice is from there. What do you know about him? All this different stuff. And uh, my wife, who's from Brazil, was in the Irish chat room to work on her English uh, and practice her English. And, and she picked uh, the Irish, huh? That's ironic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 she was typing. So, uh, so, um, so yeah, uh, uh, we met uh, in the chat room and uh, we were kind of talking in the big group chat room. 
And she said I was the only guy that didn't hit on her that day. So uh, so we became friends. It's like, hey, uh, and, um, do you know anything about Damien Rice down there in Brazil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we became friends and just started talking. And then uh, um, kind of after about a year or so, uh, you know, I said, uh, I always wanted to go to Brazil. We had a, I had a friend that at Floyd Central who was a, a foreign exchange student named Ricardo from Brazil. And so he would always tell us about how amazing Brazil is. So I was always like, ah, I've I think always... what you meant to say was Ricardo. Ricardo. And you work on that tongue roll, man. I know. Yeah. Yeah, me? Yeah. <laughs> I'll get it. <laughs> Ricardo. Oh, that was a That's good a one. one. That's a good one. Right. I feel better. Sorry. All right. So yeah, he always told me about how amazing Brazil was. So I always kind of wanted to go, you know, and I, I've always been, you know, uh, as, uh, you know, John Fogarty said, always had that traveling bones, you know? So, mm. um, so when I was talking to her, I was like, yeah, I'd love to come to Brazil one day and see it. And she goes, well, let me ask my parents, you know, if, uh, if you ever came down here, if you could stay with us. And I was all like, okay. You know, so she came back a couple of weeks later and said, one thing about Brazilians, they're very welcoming. They love to have people like in their homes. So, so then he's um, really like, Ricardo, I got to go to Brazil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she came back, you know, Fernanda came back a couple of weeks later and said, yeah, if you ever come down here, if you want to come down here, my parents said you could, you know, stay with us. So, uh, about a month later, I was like, how about, uh, in December, I come down and, uh, and, and I got a month free and she was like, yeah, I'll meet you at the airport. Here's where you need to go to. So, really, uh, so we just kind of flew in, and, and, and I had seen her, and I, we had talked to her, you know, talked over time. So I, I knew her voice, and knew she was a woman. I knew she was who she was. She was who she was. Yeah, yeah it was so, real. And um, so uh, met in the airport, first time in the airport, and uh, just kind of hung out. I was there for a month, and didn't expect to ever date you know, or anything. And, and, um, at the end uh, of the month, getting ready to go home, we were like, uh, Hey, let's, let's try this long distance dating. And I was like, let's try it. And then if it doesn't work out, we can still be really good friends. You know, like, um, she's very old fashioned, even more old fashioned than I am. Uh, so like, I couldn't even, I didn't even kiss her on the cheek, you know, like, uh, she's yeah. like, no, no kisses, you know? So she goes, if we're, if we're going to, date, you know, we're going to, we're going to no do it hoodie, right. No Exactly. So, um, so yeah, we, uh, uh, you know, tried long distance for a year and, uh, and we would talk, you know, every Sunday and any chance we could. And, uh, before the next year went down, uh, I asked, uh, I got a, got a engagement ring and, um, went down and asked her to marry me that second time. And she said, yes. And, then we dated long distance for another three years. What? Uh, yeah. And uh, I would go down every year, stay for like a month. But then we, uh, wow. by, the, by the time we got married, we had we had our kids' names, how many kids we wanted, what their names were going to be, what they, you know, uh, had to have names that meant something. And, um, and I had something just had to pull you guys together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was definitely grace of God, you know? Yeah. So, um, and uh, uh, so, yeah, she really, um, you know, honestly, she really saved me because I was, uh, you know, at the at the beginning of our relationship meeting, I was, you know, still doing a lot of experimenting, still doing a lot of drinking. And uh, so, uh, you know, with her, there was none of that, you know, <laughs> Cut so, it off. yeah, so, uh, so really, she, she helped me a lot. And uh, um, so, uh, um, after five years, she uh, finished her school, I finished my college and everything. And, 
and uh, signed up for the whole fiance visa, the the ninety day fiance thing, and uh, she got approved. She uh, bought the bought the plane ticket for. Her. She came up, and twelve days later, after she uh, landed on the U.S. soil, we got married, and uh, I planned the whole wedding, and she just brought the dress and. Uh, my mom helped out with decorating and different stuff like that. And we've been together. It'll be uh, 14 years next month. Married 14 years? 14 years yeah, in November. That's cool. In November. So I, guess, I guess she's a citizen wow. now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, she just became a citizen like last year. Yeah. Uh, she was a conditional green card holder, you know, uh, for all those years. Because we had a lot of other stuff we wanted to do. And it's pretty expensive. Uh, so... You, you, getting your citizenship is yeah yeah, yeah. really so, yeah so we uh, so I we, guess because attorneys have to be involved or what makes it expensive no just all the paperwork and filing and application fees and you have to do this and you have to do that so yeah. um, so uh, you know uh, she um, we got ourselves really established and and everything and, and had kids and and uh, uh, she finally got to the point where she was like, ah, yeah, uh, I'll go ahead and be a citizen. So she's a dual citizen. Our kids are both dual citizens. So uh, they both have oh, Brazilian. Oh, huh? Yeah. yeah. Because Brazil has the same laws as the U.S. So if your parents are a citizen, then they're a citizen. So that's cool. Um, so yeah, they, uh, you know, we they all hold dual citizenship and both have passports on, you know, from the U.S. and Brazil. And um, my, my son speaks really good Portuguese. He's bilingual. And uh, my daughter, she's three. So she's, uh, she speaks some Portuguese, but mostly English. You know, she's just, uh, she's more interested in just being a princess. So, <laughs> so, so when your wife gets mad, does she speak strictly Portuguese? Uh, she can, uh, which is okay because I don't really understand a lot, you know? Uh, so uh, uh, it's always tell people, you know, it's always, it's always perfect because if she does get mad, but we're both pretty laid back and, uh, I can honestly say probably out of the 13 years of being married, we might have had three or four arguments. Uh, just, you know, we're just really good fit for each other. Yeah. Really laid back, really. Well, you spent you know, five years doing nothing but communicating. Yeah. I mean, that that has to that has to weigh a big part in it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to you know, waste words fighting when everything that you had was just communication yeah. for so long. Yeah. So, it's interesting. It's probably like a, good, a great... Uh, base to start the relationship, which is wild. I don't five years or four years or five years of five years, five yeah. years of long distance relationship yeah. would be. Yeah. Woo. yeah, like I said, we we knew pretty much everything about each other. Uh, you know, we had our lives kind of well, okay. We're gonna, to, we're gonna but, plan yeah. them out. You know, kind of plan it out, and and this is what we're gonna do. And uh, she um, uh, got her degree in nursing in Brazil. So we had to plan out whenever she came, you know, to the United States, how she was going to become a nurse. And there was a few steps that she had to do to become a nurse here. And uh, and then uh, after eight or nine years of being a nurse, then she uh, uh, wanted to go back and get her master's degree to be a nurse practitioner. And uh, uh, she finished nurse practitioning school while pregnant. So uh, yeah, she's, she's amazing. She's probably the, uh, you know, one of the strongest people I know. And... Uh, very determined, so which yeah. is which is a good thing and a bad thing. So uh, <laughs> because uh, if she gets her mind set to something, it's it's hard to change. The only two uh, the only two ways to change her mind is either, hey, uh, this is how we can save some money, 
or two. This is what the Bible says. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the only that's the only defense I have right there. So it's, it's either Dave Ramsey or the Bible. So, but other than that, she wins. So. <laughs> you mentioned a nine year old has a. Uh... The boy, right? Yeah. Has he started guitar or anything? Is he interested? Yeah, he's been playing piano, actually. Mm-hmm. We started him out with piano when he was three. Uh, he was interested. Oh, wow. So yeah. uh, um, uh, we uh, got him into lessons. He did lessons for about five years. Just recently stopped lessons um, uh, four or five months ago. And uh, But uh, he also plays a little bit of ukulele. My, my wife plays guitar and ukulele and sings. Um, and then my daughter, uh, she loves singing. So it's always music in the house, uh, um, you know, very uh, eclectic music, like, you know, between um, between my own influences and then my wife's influences and everything. So, you know, uh, kids can go around, you know, singing in uh, English and Portuguese. So mm. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Well, how about playing us another one? All right. Let's see here. What you got for us? It was back actually before I met my wife. Um, and it's a song called Untouchable Girl. And uh, just about, you know, seeing somebody that you uh, that you're attracted to. And uh, and then uh, but uh, you're too shy to go up and talk to them. <laughs> so you write a song about them. Hopefully they hear it. And then uh, she never did. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Good thing. You sound happy. <laughs> <laughs> Untouchable girl Standing there You smile so sweet With your smooth brown hair This untouchable thing Just walked on by You caught the corner of my My fleeting eye Just hold you for just one time and make love to you for just one night. Dig it. When did you write that one? Uh, that Been a was, while. Yeah, that was probably about... Uh, uh, been more than 14 years. Yes. Yeah, it better have been more <laughs> yeah. than 14 years. It's probably been close to 20. All girls are untouchable girls at this point. <laughs> yeah, <for you>. Yes, <laughs> that's right. I have no desire. We're, right, um, we're there with you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's probably been about 20 years ago. Was, uh, uh, I recorded that with a, a, a group of buddies called the Villa Groove uh, over at... Uh, Used to be called Ramcat Studios over on Baird Avenue, um, and uh, did a. Uh, it was very um, uh, kind of a jam band in a way, uh, but 
with singer songwriter topics, but mm. we jammed a lot. Yeah, and uh, used to play like over twice told and all that different stuff over oh, on Bardstown yeah. Road back in the day. So, so how many songs are you uh, working on right now at the place you were telling us about over in New Albany? Uh, I'm probably going to do. Uh, it's about eight or nine songs, uh, probably for the album. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've always been interested in doing like a concept album. You know, I've always you know been fan of like Pink Floyd and and having that kind of storyline all mm-hmm. the way through. So, uh, this one's going to be. Uh, more about, you know, I write about love a lot. So, because there's so many like stages of love, mm. you know, you have that where, you know, you see somebody and you're like, wow, they're amazing. But, and then, then you get to like meet them and then you go through that process. And then if you're in the relationship, you get that process. And then if that relationship ends, then you have that process. So kind of going through that whole process of writing stuff, you know, of uh, uh, kind of from that first time that you see somebody to, you know, uh, whether it was a, a bad breakup or whatever else. Where so you're are they going to make it? Well, here's, think the about couple it, on your album, well, are going to make but, it? Well, think about this. <laughs> this is just a, from an outside perspective because, you know, you're like, you're singer-songwriter. That's been your passion. And, uh, well, not a passion, but that's, that's the lean, to, lean in you're going at. You could write a killer concept album about your story. Yeah. Because yeah. it is insane. To, I mean, for an outside from an outside perspective looking in and probably if you if it wasn't your story and you're like hey these people met online and then they meet in person and then they decide at the end of the just the, everything that you told us that is a that is your concept album That's and the concept point. Yeah. the concept is is already written for you you just got to find the words to to make make the story what it is yeah. i mean it's just but dude you've got Yet another album. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, and, and think about like, dude, because a lot of the things that I was thinking when you were talking about those five years is, you know, you got that month, but that's eleven months of of loneliness, of of you know being by. You got your friends, you got your music, you got all that other thing. But when you have a companion that that you know that you you want to be with, and, and and that was the second time down there, and you had three years after that. I mean, dude, there's is you can talk. Every Sunday, you can have all that, but you've got along for that affection and just that that companionship and that stuff. So, I mean, that there's a song in the pain in those eleven months before you get back there. I mean, there's all kinds of there's fifteen songs in that story you just told us. About. Oh, yeah, that's a yeah. concept. Yeah. So yeah, they'll, yeah, like I said, that never might, mind. I'll write it. That might be the second one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I think you could write a killer. But if it comes out with a Neil Johnstone like a CD, and I'm just like, I'm listening, going, <laughs> it's called. This that, looks the, familiar. The that Greg sounds like my story. story. That's what the, the name of this record's called. <laughs> I have to have to send a cease and desist letter or something. There. So, <laughs> do you have a target date for completion, or is it just kind of? Just when I can, uh, yeah. you know, uh, um, at the Community Music Alliance, you kind of book those three hours at a time. So yeah. I'm, uh, I got uh, some time in next week and some time in August. And uh, so uh, as many as I can pump out and, and get in there. Is, um, is the do. plan just you and a microphone and a one take type of, uh, not one take, but one just solo? solo? Acoustic? Well, I'm band. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably record to a click track, there you go. Uh, just to keep it open. Okay. Um, uh, because to one of the when we went in uh, to look at the recording studio, uh, one thing that he told me, and, and one uh, 
kind of a, a song that he played for me as an example. He was like, oh, yeah, this woman came in. She had a guitar and her voice. And uh, so she recorded it. Well, they also have a community music alliance like orchestra. And a lady from the orchestra who plays cello heard it and uh, came in and put cello over top of it. This place so, sounds so cool. It really yeah. does. So, yeah, the whole uh, concept of it sounds yeah. amazing. So uh, um, so I'm, I want to keep it open to where, you know, if those, because I love Damien Rice too. So if you got cello, you know, a celloist or something. I've, that can I've come gotten in. the feeling that you like Damien Rice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's been a big part of my life. That name's yeah. come up a few times. Because, yeah, dude, he's a... Yeah, uh, because of, you amazing, know, big big part because you know he's he's part of the reason I'm, I'm married to a wonderful woman. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, I have to give have to give credit to him. <laughs> Shout out, Damien Royce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I don't know why I can't remember the name of that place. Tell me again, Coalition of Community Music Alliance. <laughs> Community. You got a piece of paper and a pen right in front of you, man. We need to get we need to get these people in here, anyways. Yeah, we do. That'd be a good podcast. podcast. Hear more about them. Just let them. Yeah, Community Music Alliance. I'm writing it down right now, so I don't have to keep saying who is it. Nobody in the So you go out there and you get you get a a three hour block, and you have two guys in there. Uh, There's there's one guy Owen who owns it, and uh, so he's one of the engineers. And then there's a a a lady uh, that does. he said more kind of like hip hop and, and, uh, uh, dance type stuff or whatever. She produces like other different types of stuff. So, nice. um, so, um, you know, I'm just going to go in and do those three hour blocks and, and see how much I can get done. And then, uh, maybe, uh, you know, ask either a couple members of my group or, or some other artists, you know, that I know, Hey, you want to come in and throw some, uh, guitar on this or you want to come in and throw some drums on this here's the click track and you know have everything set so because uh, there's you know I would love to have uh, it would be great if I had you know different lead guitar players come mm-hmm. in and throw you know throw their sound down on, on some of the songs or you know because um, I have a little bit of R&B a little bit of singer songwriter type things and, and there's guitar players where some songs I'd be like man this is really it would be really great to get this guy in or it'd be really great to get this guy in and um um, and, uh, I have a, a, a former, uh, not coworker, I guess she was a, a client. I used to be a, uh, used to be a workforce development specialist down at the urban league, uh, helping people uh, get jobs and, uh, a, a client of, uh, one of my coworkers, uh, she's an amazing singer. So I'm uh, actually going to contact her and see if she wants to do some backup, uh, singing and stuff or some duet kind of singing, uh, with me too. So just, you know, I just want to pull as many people in and, work with as many people and just get influenced uh, from them too, you know, so, so I can keep on going and keep on writing and, uh, you know, who knows what comes of it. Yeah. So, so you, you're telling me before the podcast, you're getting ready to play a show with uh, Kevin Niehoff, who was on, on our podcast not too long ago oh, yeah. on One yeah. Shot. And how, how did you guys connect? Um, actually, I mean, uh, uh, from your all's uh, podcast and from the, okay. from the One Shot, I, oh, that's cool. I go on YouTube a lot and uh, look around or, I go on Facebook and look at events and say, okay, well, who's playing out where? And uh, kind of look for new venues to play at uh, and also just new people to play with. So, um, you know, I, I uh, came upon, I think, one artist that was uh, playing out and I went and, you know, looked at them on YouTube and uh, found your all's podcast and, and found your all's the, the one one shot and um, uh, and started watching videos. And I was just like, man, there's a, 
lots of great talented people that I've never heard of. Yeah. And so I just started reaching out, getting on Instagram, getting on Facebook, reaching out and just say, Hey, you know, would you be interested in, you know, uh, bars want you to play three hours and I really don't want to play three hours. Uh, you know, two hours I can do solid. Um, but, uh, you know, Hey, would y'all be interested in coming out and playing for an hour and I'll, you know, throw cash to you. Cause I'm never going to ask anybody to play for free. Mm-hmm. Another musician. Yeah. Um, uh, cause I know that, uh, I know that uh, um, you know good promotion or anything doesn't pay the bills. So, no. um, or opportunity, the great opportunity. Well, it doesn't pay the bills. So, <laughs> uh, so, uh, um, so yeah, I'm always looking forward to you know uh, have singer songwriters come out do a show with me. If you have an opening, you know, give me a call. I'll definitely come out if there's any type of charity events or whatever else. I'm always always uh, willing to give back and do. Uh, I think in uh, October. I'm going to do the uh, Via Colliery Festival down on the waterfront. Uh, it's raising money for the Girl Scouts. And it's uh, they have a lot of like street artists that come down and do like chalk uh, artists and oh, stuff yeah. like that. So whoever draws the best Samoa wins a prize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they have music there. So I, I found out about it and they said, hey, if you want to play, you know, uh, put your name in and did that. And they said, yeah, contacted me and said, yeah, we'd love to have you. So, so I'm going to play that. And the great thing is my, my wife, my in-laws are going to be in town uh, oh, nice. from Brazil. So they'll actually get to see me play live and my kids will be able oh, to be see fun, me play yeah. live. So, oh, cool, so that's always fun. Yeah, are you, fun. Uh, is that, are you doing that solo? Are you going to yes. have the band? All right, yeah. right on, man. Yeah. So our, uh, our listeners that want to get to know you a little better and hear your music and where can they find you on the socials and, uh, on Facebook, uh, it's just at Trippier Music, uh, or you can just search Greg Trippier. Uh, um, that for him, man. It's uh, T-R-I-P-U-R-E, Tripure. So, right, y'all. And, uh, uh, or on YouTube, also do the same thing. Just Google or uh, uh, YouTube, search me, and I got videos up to, uh, I had to, what I found out a lot is, when I started reaching out to different venues to play at bars and different stuff, they were like, do you have any recordings of, you know, what you got? And I was kind of like, no, I don't actually. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, had to set up the phone and try to get a good background and get a good sound and, and say, uh, okay, well, I got to do videos now. So I put some videos of some cover songs, some original songs and Hey, this is what I can do. And, um, you know, so anytime I uh, you know, send out to another venue, a new bar venue or something, I'll just send those links and they'll be able to see at least, uh, what they're going to get mm-hmm. if uh, if they let me come and play. So yeah, and if you're on those socials, uh, subscribe. You know, YouTube especially. Yeah. Do that for us. Do that for uh, Greg, and do that for you know any artist that comes in here. If, if you subscribe to their YouTube channel, it's the easiest thing to do. As long as you're logged into your Gmail or whatever, uh, that's a huge thing. We we don't promote ourselves oh, yeah. enough doing that. We we got to we got to start talking it up. Yeah, Hit it, the it sub- does. Subscribe. You got to subscribe. It does matter. I mean, like our, our YouTube channel is very close to 50,000 views from about, from over 5,000 different, you know, individuals, but we're right at about 700 subscribers. Yeah. yeah. And once we get to a thousand, we're in business. We we can do some things. About 20 to 25% of the people hitting that subscribe button. So, you know, please do that. For everybody that you want to support, that's a huge way that you can support them without being monetary or anything else. Just uh, subscribe, follow, do all the things that you you can do. It Uh, matters. Yep. And uh, with with our guests like Greg, 
if they're around your neighborhood, go watch a show. It's a good time. Hey, absolutely. And most of the time it's free. Most time we're at bars or whatever else and it's free, yeah. absolutely free to walk in as long as you're old enough and, and uh, you can sit down and have a drink and listen to live music. So. Yep. There's not much better. Man, Greg, we appreciate you talking with us. Yeah, we're going to do some uh, one-shot videos. But I'd like to I'd like to ask you to play us one more going out. If you got another one you can tell us about and play us out. Sure. Let me see here. Uh, this is actually a newer song. Um, and it's going to be one that's on the album uh, for sure. And uh, uh, this is talking about life. It's called uh, um, More Than a Dream. So. Okay. Staring at the sun but not afraid These childish games that we play We're invincible or so we think So we pour ourselves another drink The taste We were young and so strong Where did we go wrong? Thought we could change the world with a song some way Life is more than a dream Some way we were young and so strong. Where did we go wrong? Thought we could change the world with the song. Some way, but life is more than a dream.